0: Guess who's back?
1: Back again.
0: Penny's back. <laughs> Tell Hello, a friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? Yo. It is Colton and Tavares. We are here again after four months without an episode. To the day Yes. as
1: of recording. I know, the, be uh, I know the three of you listening right now missed this. Hey, we got four retweets on that tweet. So I know it's four <laughs> of us out there. Then wait, wait. I think it, I might have retweeted it. Oh, and so did I. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it was two other people, and that makes four. Hey,
1: okay, <laughs> we're people too. Exactly. <laughs> Even if we make the show, yeah, exactly. I mean, you we know? still fuck with it. Yeah, I right. can't
0: think of a better po- podcast than this. <laughs> Well, certainly, <laughs> one that's certainly not one that's more consistent. I mean, we took a three-month break, then we took a two-month break, then we took a four-month break. I can't think of any one that. Next done month, it.
1: we'll be gone for five months.
0: You never know. Hey. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. No, no for real though, plan, we're gonna be plan. we're gonna be back a lot more <laughs> because this end of the summer, I think we'll have a lot more time to get together yes. and uh, record some more. So uh, I'm excited. Definitely. What you
1: been up to? Yeah, man, just working honestly. Yeah, working. me too. I was out in North Carolina for three months. Yeah, um, that's been that's been part of why we haven't yeah, been putting yeah. out. Pod the masks. other reason was was you know we the, tried the we global tried. pandemic that's, that's occurring that's a at big the moment. One. That's a big uh, one. That that kind of shook up the. And April. we did
0: try to r- record remotely. We did. We recorded a whole episode. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, but we couldn't put it out because the audio got all jumbled and the shit got all fucked up. So we're here
1: now. Yeah. A couple months, months later. I think about? that
0: was April, and I don't even recall what no, it was. No, it, w- it
1: was May. It was May because I was definitely in North Carolina. But what was it about?
0: Did we try to do. No, that wouldn't make sense. Um, I was going to say a movie review, but I don't think we would have just did a movie review.
1: I don't even remember what we I don't talked remember about. What we ta- oh, the playlist. <gasps>
0: That was a great fucking that episode. That was a great episode. And I've forgotten about the conversation. We could absolutely yeah. talk about that again. Oh,
1: shit. Yeah, we can go ahead and put that back up on the board.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll do that in a future episode. Too. So you, you won't have missed anything. We'll do it yeah. again. Because our memories are shit. We don't even remember what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been working, too. I've been uh, reading a lot more than That's I cool. ever have in That's my cool.
1: life. That is awesome. Yeah, it's been, really it's
0: been wonderful. Yeah. And it's been mostly motivated by... Shit
1: that's happening, yeah, right, in our right. in, in our society, and that's usually the best way to go about it. For some
0: Angela Davis, some Huey Newton, Ooh, yeah. some Ta-Nehisi Coates, ta Coates, the goat, that man's so good. God, I love. Between that the man. World and Me is just the perfect book. It's and like when I started looking into it more, like mm-hmm. after I read it, I realized it's already made its way through everybody like everybody who is anybody has fucking read yeah, this book. Yeah,
1: Well, except uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean anybody who cares. Any every, anybody who cares. That's that's the best way. Anybody to care. you would expect to care. I was has read this I was book. in a meeting, I was in a meeting with the uh, president of my college in uh, like a month ago or so, and uh she was, you know, meeting with us to talk about, you know, like black student problems or whatever and like I asked her if she'd read the book and she goes, "No, it's like literally a part of our curriculum." And I was like y- you haven't read it. <laughs> and you were like and and then she goes and like she's like oh like we made this mistake and it's a it's a the the problem that she describes herself and the administration having was a problem that coats pretty concisely uh, addresses yeah and I'm like huh wow that was I
0: listened to a podcast with him the other day it was a guy named Ezra Ezra Klein Klein. did you listen to that too yeah I've heard that that was a really that was a good one
1: yeah Ezra Klein is a really smart guy yeah I think he's like a he, he's a poly sci guy if I remember correctly um which is weird because poli sci and Tanaashi Coats wouldn't logically go together And that's
0: what I was thinking throughout the entire interview mm-hmm. is like throughout the entire interview like Tanaashi was saying he was saying everything I would expect Hanashi to mm-hmm. say but Everything Ezra Klein was like asking, the way he phrased questions, right. and the way he was talking about it. I was like, he has a real, like, and I, I respected it and everything. Yeah. Like, he was really good at talking about uh-huh. what he was talking about. And I was like, these don't feel like they should meld together right. as well as they do on this, on this right. podcast. Yeah. But they were really good together. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, no, they, they definitely, um, they know what they're doing. But poc- I've, I've gotten to a lot more podcasts this summer, too. I, uh,
0: I actually had a question for the intro based off a podcast I listened to yesterday. I was listening to uh Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the first podcast I ever discovered, by the way. It's uh Ross Bolin and Barrett Dudley. And they it started as a Game of Thrones companion podcast, mm-hmm. but now they do all kinds of T V and movies and stuff. Yeah. And uh the question that Barrett asked Ross was uh <clears throat> what television or movie character sparked your sexual awakening? <laughs> what made you realize that you were like, oh shit, I'm a guy <laughs> You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: damn. That's a that's a deep one.
0: It, 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 I, I, if you want, I can answer first.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need to think about it. So
0: I I I, as soon as the question was posed on this podcast, I had I was taken to a memory, and it was to watching X Men: The Last Stand on a laptop, and it was the chick who played Jean Grey.
1: I was. See, what's so funny about that? is that mine is really close but not the same. I was thinking Storm, Halle, Halle Berry <laughs> from X-Men. <laughs> see and I and
0: see as I got older I think Halle Berry in that movie is 10 times yeah, yeah more attractive Halle, than Halle anybody Berry. on earth. Yo, Halle Berry is unbelievable. Oh, man. But I mean I was i I remember i was i must have been seven (laughs) (laughs) watching x-men the last Stand, and i was like oh that's a pretty girl i think i like that pretty girl i think i like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) damn that's that's a that's a formative question there like that's like a a big part of i mean because like that
0: that is something like that's
1: I, and I like and why. now
0: I'm looking back at the scene and it's also with Hugh Jackman. So mm. who knows, maybe I was just more turned on by Hugh Jackman.
1: Maybe, maybe Halle Berry definitely definitely it has a, a spot in my memory from I mean, early Halle childhood Berry is being like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one right
0: there. Man, yeah. Uh I remember when I was little, Jamie Lynn Spears and Zoe 101. I was a big fan of
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I Jamie Lynn Spears was more like, "I love that woman. I'm gonna marry her." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that woman. I'm gonna marry her. Um,
1: Sam from My Carly.
0: I was a big one. I liked Sam Puckett a lot when I was about ten. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I feel like she would protect me. <laughs> I feel no, like she she would load it, she would load a pillowcase up with some she, batteries and beat the shit out of some guy.
1: Was it she dating some NBA player? Yeah, Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond. That's who it was, dude. Have you
0: seen the picture of yeah. them walking together yeah. side by side? Yeah. It's like holy shit. He's like literally three of her.
1: <laughs> he really is.
0: <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, um Victoria Justice was bi- was a big one when I was little. Mm,
1: okay. Victorious,
0: but uh before that when she was also in Zoe 101. Yeah. I like Zoe 101 a lot.
1: What is Victoria Justice? Was that her real name? Victoria Justice. Yeah. yeah. What what like what's what's her life like now?
0: Um I'm not sure. I'm pr- pretty sure she's doing shit. She's
1: <laughs> You know making <laughs> films <laughs> she's doing shit yeah i hope so
0: she's working she's doing working her craft working you know her craft yeah mercy on my soul don't let, let my heart turn cold have mercy, mercy on, many on many men many 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 men okay. man this shit's so uh. <laughs> hard it's unbelievable it we've is. got a good episode ahead of us you know <laughs> we, we've ran this intro a little long but we're going to talk about the emmy nominations newly announced We are going to uh, do a new segment called To Protect, Seven Attack, and uh, we'll explain that more when we get there. Uh, And then we're going to close it out with Comic Club. Me and uh, Tavares decided we're going to start reading comic books and talking about them on the podcast, and this time we've got the first three issues of Black Panther, the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda. Mm. And uh, I'm looking looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good episode.
1: Me too. Me too. Let's keep rocking and rolling. It's fucking
0: you have now entered the Penny Bloom podcast. Hosted by none other than Colton Robinson and Tamaris Pennington. I hope you are prepared for a show unlike any that you've ever seen before. This week, we had uh, Emmy nominations announced. And uh, there's a a lot of stuff that we have discussed on here before, uh, namely Euphoria. Euphoria was a big one. Namely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited to talk more about it. But uh, we're going to talk about our our actors and actresses who got their Emmy noms this this award season. And uh, first up, I wanted to talk about uh, Regina King and Watchmen. Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal series. Mm-hmm. but her performance was incredible and i'm so glad that she's finally getting the leading lady roles right, for right. everything yeah like if bill street could talk she was a big big role in that
1: mhm i didn't I didn't even realize that regina king would be the type to kind of do like a superhero
0: well and that's what's interesting about watchmen is that it's uh it's kind of superhero but like it's more masked vigilante like, mm. that's that's more the area you gotta be thinking when it comes to Watchmen than it is the actual
1: super-powered superheroes, you know? Okay. Except
0: for, like, Dr. Manhattan.
1: Well, then what are they, are they, like, stopping crimes on the streets and shit? Like, is that, like, kind of, like, still the...
0: The premise of Watchmen, the uh, limited series, is that uh, it's set in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, the police department was ambushed by a group called the 7th Cavalry, a white supremacist group. Uh, three like three years before the original story is set. Yeah, and because of this, they decided they wanted to put the police in masks, mm. so that you couldn't see who the police were. You didn't know who they were. You couldn't track them down. Okay. And uh, so, and then if you're a detective, you c- you get the privilege of dressing however you want. Yeah. So she's she's called Sister Knight. Regina King is. Uh huh. And her costume is fucking kick ass, <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, everyone in it is just is just humans dre- playing dress up and i and <laughs> I kind of fuck with it because it means like everyone in the show is kind of a nerd,
1: yeah, right, and yeah. I dig that, yeah that's that's kind of tight, that's an interesting concept. I never like does this like um the comic the uh no, just like that like smiley face with the red line through it like, there
0: yeah and I've listened to Damon Lindelof talk about this, actually, on the uh, the official Watchmen podcast, where he, he he said that they wanted to blend motifs from the original Watchmen into it, like the smiley yeah. face, the blood drip and everything, but yeah. they didn't want to abuse them so that it didn't seem like they were leaning on it. So they created their own motifs, and if you watch it, I don't know... There's there's a few motifs that are really prevalent that you don't even realize are prevalent until like later. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back and watch it, it's like, holy shit, the very first thing they show you was this. Oh shit. And it's it's incredible. Okay. It's it's a really well written series and yeah. Damon Lindelof is known for those mysteries that he ends up and I mean, lost people will tell you that he kinda he didn't answer any of their questions. Mm-hmm. The leftovers, he did better, and then in Watchmen I have all my questions answered.
1: Yeah. And I had a lot of questions <laughs>
0: and a lot of questions that I didn't even think to ask were answered, mm-hmm. you know?
1: And it's HBO made, right? Yeah. H- yeah. Yeah. HBO always kind of, they, they always do their thing.
0: They really do. Another, uh, another Watchmen actor who got a, an, a few of them got nominated. Uh, Jeremy Irons for his mm-hmm. role as a uh, Ozymandias, one of the originals from the comic. And uh, his role is incredible. He plays this kind of crazy old guy. <laughs> and uh, he's a r- phenomenal actor, so he played it incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen plays uh, Regina King's husband mm. and the f- uh, the father of her children. And uh, he's he's got a great, great uh, character too, and he did incredible as the role. Uh, and then there was a few others who got nominated. Uh, I can't seem to think of them off the top of my head, but they – all the performances were incredible and watched. seems like they basically swept the nom. Yeah. It led, it led Emmy nominations with 26. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it, I, I don't know that there's a better season of television that I've watched lately. Like the only one that I can think of is Westworld season one. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that oh, season yeah. of television. It's so perfectly made. No,
1: that's a really good and
0: that's season it's television. a. I mean that that's a different world of complicated. Uh, but Watchmen uh, oh, yeah. is like second to that for me.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: The way he inter intertwines storylines and mm-hmm. answers questions you don't even see coming. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I definitely need to watch Watchmen. I'm probably gonna get into that. I just finished like anime binging, so I think I'm gonna move into some real life stuff again. It's been it's been weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What uh what about your actors and actresses? You got any up there you need, you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, we just got the uh you going to go ahead and talk about Euphoria.
0: We can talk about Euphoria. Yeah. You got Zendaya.
1: Zendaya like uh, I'm, she so had be picked. I'm so proud. I'm so proud. She had to. Be picked. She, <laughs>
0: had to. she had to. It, that that show was just so damn good and yeah. she
1: killed killed her performance. And she drives like a lot of just like the the emotional uh aspects of the, the storyline like Absolutely. you know obviously Jules is there but it's like almost like everything that happens to Jules you only care about because it also happens to Zendaya's character well what's
0: Rue. what's interesting the way that I watch Euphoria is it's all through the lens of Rue basically it is, exactly so when any thought anytime uh, Nate's doing something is that his name mm-hmm I'm thinking of how it'll affect Rue. Right, right. Anytime Fezco's doing something, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how it will affect Rue. Mm-hmm. So it's like
1: Which Is my man Fezco good?
0: Is my man is Fezco he good? good?
1: I just totally like when I rewatched it, I had totally forgotten about that entire like I will never forget about aspect it. of it. Not and until like, season two. I was like, wait a second. They they just ended it there. They just ended the fucking show I have a
0: theory I have a theory regarding them ending the show there too I think they didn't know exactly how people were gonna respond to Fez's character they knew he was a lovable guy but the guy's also never been an actor Angus Cloud Uh, so I think they left it open so that if they got feedback saying we need Fezco back they could be like alright then you'll get him back yeah yeah
1: but if if you, they had, oh man, Fesco was such a good character already. Right. It's it's oh so he was he was
0: the most likable character from day one.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like he, uh, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, this guy, he he's gonna be like that that common pla Like he's gonna be like the normal guy amidst all of the madness that occurs. Absolutely, and, and he, he's the most he's easily he the
0: most laid back. He's easily the most uh empathetic. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that yeah. man. That man was worried about Rube, <laughs> and he's <laughs> her drug dealer. Yeah, he's her <laughs>
1: drug dealer. Yeah, that was man. That that scene too in Euphoria where she does the uh, fentanyl. Oh, dude, that was.
0: So I've never been like more on the edge of my seat I for something that wasn't god. like an action something. Yeah, right. You know. Like I'm I was like, like oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> fucking god. Dude. <laughs> oh, dude, that was. I was so fucking. Yeah, Euphoria was just. D- that scene where she bangs on Fezco's door, that's the scene that locked it. Oh yeah, most outstanding actress in a drama series. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, she killed. She killed, she absolutely killed that scene. All the scenes at, like at rehab and stuff. Like it was Incredible. just like especially after rewatching it, it made me realize that Euphoria, like for as much as people say that it's like melodramatic kind of like faux teenage bullshit, like it's just like this made up shit. One, you have to take into account the dramatization that go- obviously goes into making a show. You
0: want to watch something that's dramatic, right? Entertaining, right? You don't want to watch something that's like
1: what you live. Mm-hmm. What's the point? They in that? they have to take le- leaps, but at the same time, it's still like I think of it almost as like a, a like a character-driven comic almost, like that this could this yeah. show could have been written based off of, but like all of those aren't concerned with necessarily what reality is. They're concerned with who the characters are. And, and
0: that's, that's actually an incredible way to put it is like a character driven comic mm-hmm. book, because it really is this otherworldly, fantastical. Yeah. Like, like, uh,
1: uh, uh, what's it? River, uh, Riverdale, Riverdale.
0: Uh, I, I enjoy this world more than I enjoy Riverdale. Though. <laughs> yeah. But Riverdale, Riverdale, it, it's first season has its, has its up, it has its moments. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed <laughs> it. And I'm not going to lie, uh-huh. but, uh, I mean, Euphoria season one's in a different, it's different plane of existence for yeah, me. Yeah. I, I loved it so much. The visuals, the soundtrack. I mean, Labyrinth the sound- fucking the destroyed soundtrack. it. The soundtrack. We're uh, we're pushing our uh, 15 minute limit here. Let's uh, let's go to Westworld. Westworld. We got some Westworld noms. Uh, Thandi Newton for supporting actress as Maeve. I think she was. I think Maeve and uh, oh M- Maeve. I think Maeve made the season. Maeve, Maeve
1: did make the season. I was Her always interested in uh, what, like where she was. I was just like, oh, they're I focusing did- a lot on Dolores. What about Maeve? Yeah, <laughs>
0: because the entire time, Maeve's stuff was more, I mean, obviously Dolores' stuff was shrouded in mystery, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, obviously, by the end of it, you didn't even see that shit coming. Oh, but yeah. M- Maeve, you just didn't even, you kind of had an idea, so you had more of a, drive to see what she was doing
1: yeah right like you you, you understood like kind of where she started in her whole She's, journey a lot more yeah and so it just made you like want to know more but especially too when it, like she met the guy the um yeah the guy who made robo Uh, uh sorry S- Sar Sar sirak Sirac. sirak i kept thinking dario sorry <laughs> i did too that was the only name coming to mind
0: and i was like that's not his name that's a basketball player uh but there's that uh that character one of my favorite characters in the season two besides Maeve, because Maeve was probably my favorite character this season, uh-huh. was bernard oh yeah and bernard got the nom jeffrey wright
1: yeah, yeah He got
0: the nom for supporting actor mm-hmm. And I was really happy with that too I fucking I, loved Jeffrey I Jack just hated Wright.
1: how supporting his plotline was this season It was kind of There were just parts of it that felt unnecessary to me And I was like uh,
0: uh, Yeah And one thing I did like though Was his relationship with uh, The the robot security guard for the park I can't remember his name Oh yeah
1: um, Yeah big white guy
0: Yeah big ass um, white guy Chris Hemsworth's brother Is
1: that actually his brother? Yeah
0: He was in Thor Ragnarok he plays th- the the theatrical version authority. Remember that scene, where. Uh,
1: oh shit! Yeah. He, he, <laughs> yeah he's he's playing he's, Thor yeah, in that play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: shit! I can't remember his character's name in Westworld right now. But their relationship, I like it, and especially since I'm going back and rewatching season one up at uh-huh. Trenton's house with him and Keaton. <laughs> it's it's funny. One of the first things that character says is to Bernard. So yeah. seeing them coming off of season three immediately yeah. together was so interesting to me. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like, man,
1: like, you don't see that relationship coming normally. Like you're just kind of, N- like, not at all. Like, but they, they probably had to, because they had to know at that point that they had they, to that know what was going robots. on outside the world. Well, yeah. But then the writers also had to know that the, those two people would be the two key people to be human. That's true. Who actually weren't human. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So they're like they're gonna relate over that definitely. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to
0: Westworld season four for sure. Um, and then we talked about I, I talked about Watchmen quite a bit earlier. I won't talk about how it got nominated for best limited series, even though it was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> definitely watch that shit. Uh, and it's interesting. You don't. I didn't mention this earlier. You don't actually have to have read the comic to appreciate the season of television. They give you a loose enough history of what's been going on yeah, that you can understand fully what's going on now. Okay. And, uh, kind of the same thing with what the original Watchmen comic did. It Mm -hmm. gives you a history of what happened before it and you get enough understanding and you're good now. Okay. And, uh, it's, it's, it's so good, but, uh, best, most outstanding drama series, the Mandalorian got it.
1: Mandalorian.
0: And I was extremely happy with that being a absurd Star Wars fan. (laughs) Uh, I didn't see it coming and I don't know why. I thought it was an outstanding drama series. I just didn't expect Emmys to, I yeah. just didn't expect it to get Emmy nods and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't expect I I guess because Disney, I just yeah, don't associate. It's, it's Disney, it's, with Disney, anything it's Star like Wars,
1: that. we think of these things as like, like movie
0: I I think movies. Like it's yeah. it's just not Emmy like it's just right. because I hadn't even considered it. It wasn't. No, but
1: they, they made a, it seems like they made a really good TV show. And oh, so, dude. Like,
0: it's it's fucking great. And then they put out the uh, the making of the Mandalorian oh, documentary, sure. and it's mm. a docuseries, and it makes you appreciate it. just Damn. The things they're doing in terms of enhancing technology for film mm-hmm. is outstanding. Mm. Like, it's, they are definitely creating the next evolution of what our movies and TV are going to be, yeah. I think. Okay. And, uh, and that's one too that I don't think you need to like Star Wars, to like the Mandalorian. Oh
1: yeah, no, I don't think so either. Like it's, ma- it,
0: it, it, it it feels like Star Wars for sure, but the storyline is kind of a classic one. Uh huh. It's protecting a youngling. Yeah. It's and it's kind of that uh, the father son relationship that's uh-huh. kind of like the hard brooding guy is softened by Baby Yoda. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert, but there's no way you haven't fucking heard of Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, uh, it's fucking good. Yeah. And so last, last notable nomination from us, I guess, has oh. to be um, Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. Just, you know, P.S., if you haven't seen Bad Education, just want a random movie to watch that you'll probably not think about much again, but really enjoy the fact that you watched it. Bad education. That's that's it's that's, that's the one you want to go with. And I mean, it's Hugh Jackman. It's I
0: talked Jackman. about him in the yeah. intro. He's kind of fucking hot.
1: It's <laughs> 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 that's, that's yeah yeah yeah. He's and, a good-looking man. He's objectively, and he's like he's in his fifties well and he man. does and
0: he, he's in incredible shape. Oh yeah, no, man's just is. jacked.
1: He's, just he's Wolverine. He's Wolverine. He's Wolverine. He
0: is Wolverine. And I know the MCU is going to bring in another he has, fucking Wolverine because they have to. But he, I mean.
1: Has vibranium claws that come out of his
0: adamantium claws. Adamantium? Actually,
1: oh shit! Damn,
0: come on, Tavaris
1: Jesus! I'm just kidding. They are adamantium, though. Yeah, no, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I thought I thought vibranium was wrong, but I was like, it's a metal.
0: Vibranium's the Wakandan metal. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah.
1: then Captain America's shield. To geek out. For oh, a that's what it was. I, I was, I was like, I know someone, some other, someone white, guy. Ha- yeah, some other some white, white guy. Someone else. Yeah, some white vi- guy has some vibranium. vibranium.
0: <laughs> More on that later with the Black Panther comic segment. (laughs) Uh, But I think that wraps up the Emmy nods segment. Are you uh, ready for the next one? I believe so. Moving on to 2 Protect, 7 Attack. So, in 2 Protect, 7 Attack, we are given nine options. Just nine. Just nine. And the way this works is you get two of these options to protect you from the other 7 that are attacking. It's inspired by a Twitter trend in which yep. it was actually it was animals, but here we are going to do television and movie characters and, you know, one surprise. So, uh, our options. We got one Rick Sanchez. Because Rick Sanchez is fucking unstoppable. It's Rick Sanchez. You only one, get one, one Rick is already Sanchez. already 100. Yeah, you're you're cheating with one Rick yeah. Sanchez. <laughs> Dolores Abernathy from Westworld. We gave her three of them. Three Dolores Abernathy's. She's pretty, she's pretty hard to beat. Yeah. We got five John Wicks. We have ten John Snows. We have ten pairs of Huey and Riley Freeman <laughs> from the Boondocks. We have 15 Cliff Booth's From Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's Brad Pitt's character. Yes.
1: Absolute savage.
0: We have 20 pairs of Mario and Luigi. That makes 40 Mario and Luigis. (laughs) Yeah. We've got 100 Tory Lanes. (laughs)
1: 100.
0: And then 150 Patrick Stars. So, first thoughts... Who are you thinking is going to be the hardest to beat on this list? Uh, Besides the one Rick Sanchez.
1: Okay, I was going to say. Because uh, it's
0: practically, like, Rick Sanchez is automatically one yeah, of the protectors. O- he op- has to be. O-
1: automatically, yeah. You can't not want Rick on your team. For as much bullshit as he'll give you, you, you still want the man. Uh, but gets the job fucking done. Honestly, 40 Mario and Luigi's is kind of those That's motherfuckers off-putting. are annoying. That's off putting. <laughs> they like they just are fucking annoying. Well, we, we need to specify
0: is it just normal is it just little Mario and Luigi? Have they eaten a mushroom? Have they eaten one of those fire flowers? <laughs> That's
1: fair. Um they they've got to be off the mushrooms.
0: Okay, so they're a little bigger than they usually yeah, are. Yeah, right, right. Okay. That's fair. That's they, fair. They
1: they took some they took some <laughs> power pills before. That'd be know, horrifying. They Man.
0: To see forty big sized Mario. Just <laughs> so many
1: of them and they're like so they got so much energy, like they're so loud, like they're just like the definition of it's on, a y- Mario. on your ass. Like they're just on your
0: ass. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. And then they talking shit like in their high ass <laughs> voice. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, Yo, have you seen a Fuck you. Have, you you've seen the are, you've seen the video game house from uh R D C World
0: i don't Mark, know Mark oh Pope. yes yes yeah, yes like, oh that's <laughs> outstanding
1: that, that provides a little perspective if you've seen like the video series video game house made by rdc world on youtube um they they, they, they give a really good portrayal of what mario and luigi as actual people would 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 look like uh, big people um what they would mm-hmm. sound like what they would do and uh, let me just tell you i would not fuck with them never <laughs> never I would never, I would never fuck, fuck with, them. with
0: mario and luigi I mean, they're wrenches because they're like plumbers. Yeah, they yeah. just beat the shit out of you with wrenches.
1: Yeah, and they don't give a fuck. But they're wearing gloves too, so like no. You can, wrench, you, can <laughs> <laughs> you can dodge a wrench.
0: You can dodge a ball. Dodge ball.
1: It's a good movie. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. It's a fucking okay. good one. All right,
0: my my uh, the one that I think would be the hardest to defeat is almost certainly 150 Patrick stars. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if you, if I, I I I take John Wick, I take John Wick over five 150. John
0: Wicks is fucking difficult, man. You know, like
1: no, but I'm saying you say I'm saying I would take five John Wicks to beat 150 Patrick Stars.
0: Oh, you think? Oh. You know what? You're definitely right about that.
1: Like, he would just dispatch them. If like- you
0: watch John Wick's movies, he actually faces opponents and kills 150 of them anyway by himself. <laughs> so, he'd definitely take out 150 Patrick Stars, Okay. Especially if there was five of them. <laughs> Scratch that. Patrick Starr's getting fucked just by John Wick. See, Tori- but they can't be on the same team. Yeah. You know, like because that, that implies that you're definitely picking John Wick.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I'm just saying. I, you know, i got to go you know, cross-match them and everything, see who's going to— And
0: honestly, Jon Snow versus 150 Patrick stars that's just like the Army of the Dead.
1: Yeah, yeah. The little, little. <laughs> Jon um, Snow, uh, Tory, What about Tory Lane's versus Patrick Starr?
0: That is the most exciting matchup of the entire <laughs> yeah. board. One
1: hundred Tory Lanes, one hundred and fifty Patrick Stars. It's just going to be so funny up from one another. It's funny
0: because Patrick Starr is just going to be towering over. Yeah. Him.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, honestly, well, you know Tory Lanes, he 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 keep that thing on him. He got it on him. So he do. He do. Indeed. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Prayers how far May. does he get shooting Patrick Starr in the foot?
0: This is about. Val- this is about. Val- <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. okay. prayers, prayers okay. from Meg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. For real, for real. Uh uh, <laughs> uh
0: Huey and Riley. Twenty Jeez. Huey and Rileys is not easy. 20,
1: 20 Huey Huey and Riley's versus forty Mario and Luigi's. That That's is a matchup. That's the dream matchup. That is a matchup.
0: <laughs> I need I need to see a bunch of two on twos here, okay? I need Huey and Riley versus Mario and Luigi. I need Tory Lanez versus Patrick Star. And you know what? I'd be interested in seeing fifteen Cliff Booths go up against uh <laughs> go up against Jon Snow.
1: <laughs> Yo, that would be a really good matchup. <laughs> I really
0: think it would. Brad P- Brad Pitt as Cliff Booth beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. Yo.
1: <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and then uh, against Jon Snow, I'm I don't know, like I feel like John Snow's Booth a talented the, swordsman. Cliff Booth is the underdog here, but like you got to think if Jon Snow is a talented swordsman and Cliff Booth is a fucking badass who doesn't even really use weapons. If he gets that sword out of Jon Snow's hand, there's, it's but over. But
0: there's with. 10 Jon Snows to deal with. It ain't just one Jon Snow. But there's
1: 15 Cliff Booths. Yeah, but that sword really gives Jon Snow
0: an advantage.
1: But here. you got to think, what like think about what happened in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like that man was already fucked up. Like he he what did, what did he do to like Bruce Lee kicked him in the chest. No 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 at the at the end with the. Uh, oh. He oh, he had dude. got hurt or something, didn't he? Like like no, he was tripping. No no no, but like they had like hit him or something. Or like so, he had gotten like stabbed oh, or that's something. Right. Yeah, right? he got stabbed by a bottle. Yeah, he got stabbed. That's what it was. Or sliced something. You got to think. Why, why, what stops Cliff Booth from just manhandling the blade and just being like, fuck, fuck my that. hands, I, really, I don't really I care really don't that much. I don't think he'd care. I, I don't think, think he'd care. But
0: I also think, given Jon Snow's talent and strength with his broadsword, Longclaw, he'd he does slice right sword. through his hands. He does have
1: a broadsword. Who's faster? Oh, Jon Snow's definitely faster. That, is he, though? I feel like he's got him. He's agile. He's an agile guy.
0: Well, he's an agile guy, but... When it comes to a fight, I think a sword might slow you down compared to a guy that's who's fair. a talented fighter without a
1: sword. That's fair. That's fair. What stops him from just bum rushing him?
0: Cliff Booth. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but like, I mean, the sword.
1: <laughs> 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 the sword stops it. That's that's what. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Okay, you ready? You ready to lock in some uh, some decisions here? I am. I am I ready. <laughs> We've got uh, enough weighing. <laughs>
0: shit, I don't know though. I I know one of them's Rick. Ro-
1: ro- yeah, one, one of them
0: is. them is Rick Sanchez. He takes any one of these and just sends them to an alternate universe. Um, yeah. uh, once uh, see, th- the problem is, I feel like I almost have to take one of the Tory Lanes or Patrick Stars. Hmm. But. Oh no no, you know what those are I'm not taking Cliff Booth Fair I enough. don't need Cliff Booth when I've got a, hun- a two hundred and fifty <laughs> Patrick stars and Tory Lanes coming at him, okay
1: that's not going to work, yeah, Cliff Booth would get overpowered for sure yeah Especially uh if he gets shot forty the
0: Mario and Luigi's is climbing surprisingly high on my list. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even going to lie, considered Mario and Luigi and Hugh and Riley.
0: That's a good combo, right? You got 60 of them, but, like, it's that one Rick
1: Sanchez. It's... Uh, you got to think, though. It's two Pro Tech, seven attack. All seven of All the of them other are options are attacking.
0: That's what's difficult about it. So, I...
1: So like I know I have Rick Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you just don't want Rick Sanchez attacking you. Exactly. That's the only <laughs> like, that's the
0: only reason.
1: You know, <sighs> honestly. I'm tempted John Wick. I'm tempted to, uh, R- John Wick. I'm I was literally. About I'm to thinking say Rick I'm and thinking one Rick and five, five John Wicks. Wicks. That's six people. You send two. You send two John Wicks to dispatch Tories and Patrick's. That's and that. then you got three other John Wicks left, right? To handle Mario and Luigi, they're
0: he's taking Mario and Luigi easy.
1: Okay, he's taking Mario and Luigi. He he gets the hue and God, Riley next. those numbers next. Aren't they're a little str- more Those
0: numbers really aren't in his favor. They, the they are. The, th- the three worse. I was going to say the three Doloreses, which is interesting because all those other numbers are like overpowering. But yeah. I feel like what would finish him is the three Dolores'.
1: Yeah, but then you. Think, but you got Rick. The three is teamed up with ten John Snows, he he's basically, um, Aaron Paul terror. That's true. Except Aaron Paul with a lot more physical ability. That's true. And like those motherfuckers did work.
0: Okay. Okay. This is harder than I thought this it would be. This is very hard. <laughs> this is so much harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> and what's funny is it's like the numbers are fucking me up, but like those are the numbers you had to go with. You can Yeah. yeah. You can't make it less than that. <laughs> and what's funny is the ones I'm least concerned about are the ones that are two hundred and fifty of them. I
1: know, yeah, no, definitely. Which means that uh, we did the scaling well, I guess. I think the so. Power I think scaling. we did. <laughs> I, okay. I'm not taking Huey and Riley. I can't I I'm thinking I'll have to sacrifice Rick.
0: There is just one of him. Like you gotta think something will get to him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm honestly thinking. Who you thinking? You give me five John Wicks, 100 Tory lanes.
0: You're probably going to do some work there. <laughs> he's getting Yo, the, the choppers are going to
1: sing. They are going <laughs> to come choppers. around this way. You will get clapped, okay? <laughs> I swear to God. And, you, like, you're creating that distance. So, Mario and Luigi, they got to run up on you. Cliff Booth, he's got to run up on you. Huey and Riley, they might have guns, too, but it's only ten of them. Jon Snow, he got to run up on you. Dolores, she might figure something out, but she's your main she, like her and Rick are who you worried about. Like everybody else at that point you can handle.
0: You know what? I'm gonna go I'm a, I'm gonna go a little different route here, okay? okay. I'm I'm gonna go John Wick as well. Okay. Because I really think he's definitely the best choice here. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, five yeah. John Wicks is a really hard number to beat. It considering is. just how much he's taken in these three movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh we are we are accurate to, to, to these characters. We these, are yeah. yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> I don't take I don't take Tory Lanes and I don't take Patrick Starr.
1: See but I needed numbers, that's what that was my motivation. I, I get I
0: get your numbers and I think Dolores wipes them out.
1: Hmm. How so?
0: That woman can be shot as many times as you possibly want and it doesn't mm. matter.
1: I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that.
0: You got to really fuck up Dolores to fuck up Dolores mm-hmm. and it is hard to fuck up Dolores. It is. I mean, especially if we're talking season three. 3 Dolores. And you got three Doloreses. So you got You got three of them. I'm going John Wick and Dolores. That's that's 8 of them going against uh 10 20 <laughs> 30 45 65 165 265 200, 206. two hundred six. I've got eight on two hundred six, and I, I, I think we win. I, I take John Wick and Dolores.
1: See, but it's like if you, you make it, you make it a hundred and five against one o, three.
0: Don't get me wrong. I if don't you think. Take Tory Lanes. I don't think you have bad odds there, by any means. I think you. I think you've got a good shot there, one hundred percent, and the numbers certainly help you. But I think the three Doloreses th- does the work of one hundred Tory Lanes. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. So that's what it comes down to. Then Dolores and. Do- <laughs> <laughs> Dolores and Tory Lanes. I didn't John, see it coming. John Wick is sealed in there. John Wick is voiced. It sure. went from
0: Rick Sanchez being yeah. sealed in to John Wick is definitely the one you want. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you take Dolores and maybe you take Tory Lanes. <laughs> this is the best segment we've ever done.
1: <laughs> Yo. Oh, man, I really didn't expect him to make it that far. It was totally a meme when we threw him in I, I, like,
0: remember the beginning of this segment, I dismissed it. I was like, I'm not taking Tory Lanez or Patrick Starr. There's no way. But they are the two that it comes down to. And you know what's funny is after them, Mario and Luigi. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
0: and, you know, Rick's probably, nah, Rick's probably four. I'll throw four on that. Okay. He's probably number four, but. Mario and Luigi are five. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Honestly, though, I really want to see Huey and Riley versus Mario and, and Luigi. And see, here's
0: the thing: I I haven't even been considering Huey's karate abilities. Yeah, that Hugh- man's a
1: talent talented in the martial arts. Huey, but you, you also got to think about Huey and Riley working together. That's lethal. They That's, rarely work together. They rarely work together, but when they do, they fuck shit up. And when they're working against each other, you can tell they have expert, like genius level sort of intellect when it comes to to these situations. Absolutely. Um, They're they are two very militant individuals, and Huey understands the theory of the militancy, and in uh, Riley understands the practice of it. <laughs> <laughs> Riley's about that action. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the
0: episode of the Boondocks last night that was uh, uh, homies over hoes. Home is over hoes. Home is <laughs> over hoes. Do the home Do the home
1: Yeah, is that the one where it's like the pimp names? He was like the pimp was like uh he was like I don't I don't I don't I put nothing yeah. over a hoe. I put a lot of things over a hoe. Was it was he like unless you like walk down the street or something I, for me or like, <laughs> He
0: said, I put money over a hoe? <laughs> a good turkey sandwich <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it was a
0: funny ass episode. And Huey, by the, I mean not Huey, Riley, by the end of it, thought he might be gay.
1: <laughs> yeah, why? Is, you, there is like, there's a lot of of dialogue on being gay in the Boondocks that I didn't realize. Until yeah, there, there, is, a, there is, there is a lot of it, and uh it's mainly driven by Riley. Oh yeah, I know for sure. And then half the time I'm like, oh, you know, he's he's all right, and the other half, I'm like, okay. That's it's good. like, all right, all right, this that's hasn't good. aged particularly well. <laughs> this hasn't aged particularly well, yeah, exactly. exactly. So is that it?
0: I is think so. I, I'm settling John, on John, John Wick, Wick and, and Dolores. Dolores.
1: And then John Wick and <laughs> Tory Lanes.
0: I didn't see it coming, but John Wick Dolores is mine. John Wick Tory Lanes is yours. I'm going to make a little graphic. I'm going to put it up on Twitter, and okay. I want to see what other people might think. Yes. The yeah. four people who might want to weigh in.
1: Yeah. 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 No. I think. I think we've. Uh, you gotta put. You gotta put like. You should. We should take like some mugshots or something and get like some serious like. You know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then have like Team Colton, Team Tavar. Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! All righty.
0: Well, on to the next segment, Comic Club. Comic Club. We are here to discuss Black Panther, the intergalactic. Empire of Wakanda, written by ta Coates.
1: The man, the myth, the legend. Fucking love that guy. Yeah, I haven't heard of ta Coates. Get, get normalized to that name.
0: Dude, get familiar with it. That man's incredible. It's Just incredible. So, Black Panther. Mo- my only, I mean, I've read a few Black Panther comics now. Uh-huh. I've uh gotten into comic books a lot more this year yeah. than I ever have before. Uh, I've already read like a couple hundred of them Damn. yeah but i've 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 read some Black Panther, but my favorite Black Panther to read is Tanasi Coates oh, yeah. he's got a few different options for Black Panther comic series that are phenomenal. I think he wrote a Killmonger one too mm-hmm. It's really fucking good, strongly recommend that too, but what got you uh into reading this comic book?
1: I don't know. Just mostly the fact that Tanazzi Coates wrote it. Yeah, that was it, was it. Was just like a lot of what I feel like my education has been is realizing just like how interconnected so many different like unrelated things are and so seemingly like, unrelated, seemingly unrelated. And so like to hear of Tanahasi Coates first through like between the world and me and the Atlantic, and then be like, oh, he also writes comic, comic books. books. And I was like. Nothing about this man's writing has ever been uh comic booky comic booky, or like and, and not not to say that not, not even to say comic booky, but just as like comic books have this perception of just kind of being like arbitrary like just,
0: and that's just what I've learned stories. through reading them is that like there are some really good comics that I don't like it's they're talented talented writers. Yeah. Like Charles Soule is a really big one that comes to mind. He he's written uh, astonishing X-Men, uh Obi-Wan and Anakin, The Rise of Kylo Ren. He's got a bunch of really great comics out there. Watchmen is mm-hmm. a fucking phenomenal example. That's an incredible comic book that's definitely not written for kids. Mm-hmm. And uh and that's becoming more normalized yeah. is that in in comic books is they're not so much for kids anymore. Yeah. Because kids outgrew comic mm-hmm. books. Now the adults that read comic books still right. want to read comic books. But
1: now, but now it's allowing, like, these people who are writing comic books to actually, like, take on, like, serious... Projects. Like, like yeah, serious mm-hmm. projects and serious, like, meaning within the comic books. Because, Absolutely. Like, people think that, like, sci-fi doesn't have potential for, like critiquing like r- r- society as it exists, but it, 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 really can, it can, it can just blow it
0: up to a, yeah, a galaxy really, wide scale. It
1: really does. Like, it's like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of theory behind ways that science science fiction depictions of, uh, of, uh, the future, especially are ways that we kind of like manifest our own destiny. And like, we like start to like etch, like we, we, we encode essentially what our biases are, what our beliefs are. And like, we do all of that onto this idea of the future, which then gets actualized because we've then created that self-fulfilling prophecy of this is what, you know, we expect and so just like yeah. those sort of imagination projects are just like really like especially interesting. And that's that's kind of why I think like the Black Panther comics especially stick out to me cuz Tanahasi Coates is writing it and I know Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, cares about all this of shit. that shit. because mm-hmm. the reason I think all of that is is because, because of he Ta-Nehisi Coates
0: yeah and he's uh, he's so he's also written some captain america ones he's mm-hmm. he's he's written a fair amount of comic books and i've i've tried i've making my way through all of them because mm-hmm. him and the guy said earlier charles Soule is, are my favorite comic book writers for yeah. sure so let's give some uh background knowledge on this uh this comic book I know if you're listening hopefully you will uh you'll go read it you know so you'll get a chance to learn this on your own but uh says it right here in the back of the book gives us a little social hierarchy we got the uh the imperials the uh the highest caste of all wakandans the imperials claim to have to be the blood descendants of the founders of the empire though that claim is hard to substantiate uh the miners the nameless also that's that's one of their other names ironically the what the nameless
1: oh yeah (laughs) makes sense ironically one of their names not not Uh, subtle (laughs) (laughs)
0: subjects of the empire condemned to slavery in the vibranium mines the nameless have been mind wiped they know nothing of their original history that's a very key component of the story uh the askari the askari are both the police force of the empire and the arm of the the wakandan slave trade as a caste, they are hated by the Nameless and de- denigrated by the Imperials. The Ascari hail from many races, including many that were themselves conquered by the Empire. And then we've got the Rebels, also known as the Maroons. Though the Empire's powers are vast, there are those who fight back, much like the Rebellion in Star Wars. Much like it. They are the Maroons, comprised of freed Nameless and led by Captain Nyami of the Starship Mackandal. Pretty
1: pretty clear cut. Yep.
0: Group of people here.
1: Yep. He's just kind of. It's interesting because he's building. It seems like he's building an alt- alternate sort of Black Panther universe that hasn't he been done. I don't think so. Before. I don't think it's ever been done. Yeah. yeah. He's just <laughs> like, doing his whole own I was thing. Read, I was reading these and I'm like, wait. So like, what's this again? Like where where in the timeline? It's, no.
0: It's no. Just, it's just he's. It's, and that's how most comic books are. It's. Yeah. They, it, they're all set in their own little. Universe, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they they do have continuation series written by different authors and stuff like that.
1: It's just I forget because I'm not typically accustomed to experiencing like the original comic stories. I'm just used to seeing adaptations of them. (laughs) Adaptations of them, yeah. So I'm like, oh well, what's this comic based on? It's like, no, no. The all those other things are based based on 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 comic, comic. (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: And then uh, a little bit more background here. On the very first page, it says, 2,000 years ago, a detachment of Wakandans established by a small, desolate colony on uh, on the uh, outer edges of the cosmos. Separated from their homeland and besieged by the whims of deep space, these Wakandans... Eh, uh, these Wakandans put... Eh, pu- uh, fuck. <laughs> these Wakandans pushed their country's traditional notion of self-defense to radical ends. True self-defense meant the conquest of all potential foes. On this bellicose ethic a small starving colony was transformed into an empire spanning five galaxies now these spacefaring wakandans have set their acquisitive eyes on new galaxy our own Uh uh-oh
1: this is the imperials that there's that have uh are are, are colonizing space yes okay
0: yeah this is the story of the only man who could stop them a king who sought to be a hero a Mm. hero who was reduced to to a
1: slave a so, slave uh, yeah, so, who advanced into legend. So, so like, if you think about that, like what he's doing is he's saying that. So the, the traditional conception of what it means to be a hero is to be someone who, uh, basically supports the existing structure, right. Or keeps yeah. it functioning. Um, uh, already uh, like, it's just notable that the difference here is that the, the idea of what it means to be a hero is to also be antithetical to everything that, um, a corrupt system represents Absolutely. and so it comes first with the identification of like sort of like how that hierarchy works not necessarily like um th- he doesn't say that the imperials are like these uh just like uh Tyr- tyrannical yeah like tyrannical they're, they're just not like these inherently bad people right like they yeah. aren't just people who are um who, who are just m- pushed to evil by virtue of evil right like yeah. these are just people who are claiming um ownership over things that cannot necessarily be proven but necessarily taking that ownership to meaning that they can possess humans traffic humans uh, yeah. and colonize the wor- space space which is a whole galaxies level. galaxies yeah And so like he's that's that's his that's his hero's arc. Right. Is to stop the the colonization of space, which is fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. (laughs) That's the best story I've ever heard. Yeah. That's
0: what I want Black Panther 2 to be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Honestly.
0: (laughs) I think it'd be I I think it would adapt into a really Mm -hmm. good movie. But uh, we open on a uh, sleeping T'Challa. Well, as of right now, he's he doesn't know he's T'Challa. We know he's T'Challa. Yeah. Uh, and he's dreaming of uh, a woman who is has white hair. And given other comic history, often Aurora, also known as Storm, is the queen of Wakanda, married to T'Challa. So he's having a nightmare of a memory, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. And then immediately after, they establish a uh, master-slave sort of relationship with the uh, Ascari enforcing that the uh, quote mules must do their work yeah and uh, it's pretty fucked up very very fucked up they uh they pushed T'Challa to his uh breaking point and he absolutely beats the shit out of a lot of them straight up at the beginning of this yeah. and he, he <laughs> mounts he mounts his own little slave his own little slave rebellion <laughs> that is even reported to the maroons later and uh-huh. they're like, "How many people was it?" And it was, it was just one guy. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just, just one. Just just we got fucked up. Sorry. <laughs> Our first mention of the emperor by name is on page thirteen in Jataka. And uh, do you know who in is?
1: Um, you said that was the emperor.
0: Yep, that's Eric Kilmonger. Oh, uh, okay. The ruler of this empire is Eric Kilmonger. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's his Wakandan name. Yeah, after, I I didn't even connect
0: that. Uh, T'Challa, while he was breaking at, like trying to get out of there, he mm-hmm. he didn't. He ultimately didn't. He failed. Yeah, yep. he
1: got he got taken down. He, he did. Got, uh, he got he uh, got mowed down.
0: Uh, but he was we are next taken aboard the Mackendell, where we meet Tanasi Tana Coates' renditions of Mbaku and Nakia. Mm-hmm. And if you remember from the movies, Mbaku is uh, the uh Maha Ma <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We have watched M'baku. from the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. He's a great great actor, too. He is. This, this version of M'Baku, I really like. Uh-huh. I, I really like him. But uh, Nakia, played by Lupita Nyong'o in the, uh, in the Black Panther movie as well. Uh, they are part of the Galaxy's Rebellion, the Maroons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we next see Dowd, the biggest and baddest of the uh, slaves. He claims himself to be the uh, king mule. <laughs> which is a weird pride to have. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: that, that's what, that's what, uh, conditions of captivity do to you. <laughs> and
0: how to be an anti-racist addresses this very thing about
1: hierarchies within your own, within your own, uh, yeah, within your own um, sub- subjugation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you're just like, oh, well, we're all oppressed, but hey, hey, you know, at who- least I'm not them. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's the best of the oppressed. <laughs> it's like, wait a second now. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, uh, he he, <laughs> he tries to push T'Challa, and T'Challa is not fucking with yeah, it He yeah. he gets him for a second, but then it doesn't go well for Dowd. No. King, King Mule Dowd. <laughs> it doesn't. I like how he always refers to himself as Dowd as well.
1: <laughs> it's probably just the lack of intelligence.
0: And when he's about to beat Dowd to death, <laughs> T'Challa is another wise old Ooh. slave. Says, uh, "They have stolen your name, your culture, your god." Do not let them steal your mind. And I was like, that's a that's a good-ass quote. And it reminded me of something Huey Newton talks about in Revolutionary Suicide, mm-hmm. about his time in solitary confinement, the way prison guards would come up to him and like, egg him on and try yeah. to get him to lash out and try to get him angry, and he just wouldn't even look at them. Uh-huh. He wouldn't even address them. And the only thing he said that kept him sane was not giving them what they wanted. He was yeah. like I will not let you take my mind. Yeah. You've already yeah. taken everything right. else from me.
1: And so now that you say it's weird that uh he would always um Dowd would always refer to himself as Dowd, um that that could be uh him portraying how they have, like just sort of taken Dowd's mind because um Dowd doesn't see himself as as himself, he sees himself as uh, this King object. King Mule Dowd. Yeah, he sees himself as this object external to himself to mm-hmm. be used as such and so it's like he another thing I hadn't thought of is that nobody slave. else has a name Really, he gave himself that name remember they're uh, the nameless oh yeah 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 that's true yeah yeah that's a he
0: dubbed himself King Mule Dowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah interesting
0: it, choice of a name Dowd. really
1: interesting choice. <laughs> very interesting choice <laughs> uh,
0: but after this we see M'Baku and Nakia and the Maroons mount an attack to free the slaves on this planet Gori, i believe is what it's called mm-hmm. t'challa comes face with comes face to face with captain Niami of the maroons he says he fights to get back home but he cannot remember it or even remember his own name he, he's fighting to get somewhere and he doesn't even know where it is he's like i just know that this is not where i belong yeah right he's like i i, I feel something something's there
1: mm-hmm.
0: i i need to find it and she tells him right there you are t'challa and he joins to fight alongside the maroons mm-hmm that's that concludes issue one, and it's it's cool because they gave us this prologue or this pro prelude mm-hmm. because that's set two years before the second issue. Yeah, right. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I was that's 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 another interesting story choice mm-hmm. is to make the first issue two years before the rest of it. Right, and it, it 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 fares well because at the start of the next issue, immediately T'Challa is a part of the Maroons. He's a high operative, mm-hmm. and they they respect him, they listen to him and stuff like that. So it gives you a sense of he's established here now. Mm-hmm. And I like right. that.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good um good way of doing it, but I think I, I like how it kind of the the theme of the of the first chapter um is really kind of blatantly like the, how unnatural the situation it, itself is that oh, he's yeah. in. Like it's just like this is like Obviously, like, this is the, the state of affairs right now, and nobody can really do anything about it. You can resist whatever, however much you can, but, like, at its core, it's just foundationally corrupt. Like Yeah, there's nothing Ororo. right about this. Yeah.
0: The second issue opens on a failed attempt, a failed raid by the Maroons. As M'Baku and Nakia discuss course of action, T'Challa is remembering his past love, Aurora, also known as Storm. But just in those glimpses, you know? And what's interesting is I want to know how he's seeing his memories. Yeah. I wonder if they're, like, playing out completely or if he's only getting, like, flashes. Like, he sees Storm for a second, and then she's gone. Yeah. Ultimately, the Maroons get overpowered in this raid. Like I said, it's a failed raid attempt. uh, And uh, they decide to retreat. But T'Challa pushes forward. And I think it's because that that image Mm -hmm. of Storm, he was like, Man, fuck these guys, yeah, right, like yeah, I remember this woman, I know I love her, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know I do, and now I don't even know who she is, uh-huh. and that's your fucking fault yeah so yeah. i'm I'm a beat that ass, and he beats that, that ass that's a
1: that, that 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 just made me think of another thing. a big point of uh Coates is like um the the reason that reparations is um necessary is because you didn't just like sw- you didn't just move people into slavery, but you then um sold those people away from their families and you mm-hmm. just like just totally like ruined any possibility for you completely lineage.
0: took them took everything away yeah, from right. them like, like there is you, nothing left there, besides there no their servitude like yeah, that's exactly. all you're giving them
1: and so like it's it's like he uses that as sort of fuel to to um defeat them mm-hmm. which is consistent with this idea that he's a hero who is uh, against the colonization of space Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the colonization of bodies and stuff like that. But that's a, I think that that, that's probably was his motivation with those scenes was to just kind of use that as like a, a, a reason to contextualize why he's doing what he's doing. And
0: that's what, that's another really good thing about this comic book that you don't get a lot of in a lot of comic books is, you see the action that heroes take in other comic books, but mm-hmm. in this one almost every single time you get a reason why. Yeah. Right before it. Right. Like, every action that T'Challa takes seems like it's a direct reaction to something he was just Yeah. That we saw him mm-hmm. think. Exactly. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. It gives us a greater insight into Tanasi's version of T'Challa. Yep. And uh while uh well, T'Challa does some absolute work. He tells Nakia, "I am not the one who needs backup." And he oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, that was. And the, I he goes to
1: pain. work. He was just like, yeah. No. And
0: like, cause he's the only fighter left, and and their uh their fighter jets called uh-huh. Zulus, which I like. Uh, and he takes on like fifteen oh, of shit, them. Shit,
1: they're called Zulus. That's just connected. Uh, that's what there's something there he, he there's there's an in- there's a
0: reason why he called them do you zulus. remember the
1: part in uh in uh um uh between the world and me where he talks about um what's his what's his name of the zulus god yes. damn it yes he oh, was like shit. he was like i was on my search for something of the zulus not realizing that there was only one whatever of the zulus but um he, he was referencing a, a deeper like African African story, but I don't really remember. I don't know the details of it. Honestly. Yeah, I'd have to
0: I'd have to recontextualize that. I mean, it's he's just so damn everything has a meaning with him. Everything too. has a meaning, especially in his comic book writing. Oh yeah, because like he he is such a poetic writer, even mm-hmm. without writing poetry. Like yeah. that he he even talked about in that in that interview I was just talking telling you about at the beginning of the podcast that uh he uh his drive when writing is. To like make the reader not just feel what he's talking about, but like be agony, be in agony over it. Be like, holy shit, I cannot believe this. Someone (laughs) else read this so I can talk about
1: it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And
0: everything, especially in a comic book, the way that you get that done is by making everything have a meaning. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's too talented. (laughs) He's He's too too, too talented and while T'Challa did some absolute work he ultimately did get shot down in his Zulu and in his crash he again dreams of storm as M'Baku rescues him from the wreckage mm-hmm. and then when he wakes up Nakia tells, tells him uh, T'Challa everyone needs backup <laughs> and I was like okay nice, nice little callback there yeah, I, dig yeah. it. I dig it we are then taken to planet Bast which is named after Mother Bast the goddess of Wakanda the panther goddess of Wakanda that mm-hmm. is worshipped the uh, the giant statue of the panther in the movies mm-hmm. that's Mother Bast oh okay yeah and uh, it, it, I like that Uh, they have a throne world and I know they have to have a throne world it's just uh, cause like that's it's the center of the galaxy like this yeah. is this is the the planet like it reminds me of Coruscant from Star Wars like that's <laughs> that's where it is housed uh-huh. it's the core of the empire but uh planet bast i like that name uh two servants of the empire kneel before emperor and jataka and inform him of the extreme abilities possessed by one of the maroons Mm. they decide that it was t'challa they were always aware of t'challa's existence but they thought they had properly dealt with his memories made him nameless yeah but it turns out dude's still a fucking badass yeah This is a great. This is a great quote from uh, In In this, there will be no ferreting, only purging. And as for mercy, counselor, every breath you take is mercy from me. That's a line from the Black Panther movie that mm-hmm. Black Panther says to Ulysses Claw yeah. at the beginning of the movie. He's like, "Every breath you take is mercy from me." <laughs> it's a great one. As he says this, it appears that he is joined with some sort of symbiote, like a uh, venom. Did you get that vibe?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm just looking at this. Yeah, that that has to be what it what it probably is. And I've never
0: seen that. Not yeah. with not not in a Black Panther story. Mhm. No. It's uh I really like it though. His character design is Oh, yeah, it's is super the coolest badass. It's
1: it's it's like it's it's a then it's like the evil version of Black Panther. Like you're thinking like, "Oh, if there's going to be a Wakanda that's not run by T'Challa, then this is what that person, this is what Killmonger would look like." Absolutely. And uh
0: man he kills the fuck out of the dude who was responsible for taking care of T'Challa because <laughs> that weird symbiote thing is is scary too yes. like i like straight up looking at and that was my favorite panel of the comic too uh-huh. too it was just so fucking perfect and uh on their uh, raid to the uh to the place at the beginning we figure out it was for the Imkron shard Mm -hmm. and we haven't learned what that's supposed to do yet not until issue 3 where we get kind of an insight but nothing that's concrete yet and uh, in issue 3 we open on a convo between Nakia and Niami about the legend of T'Challa we see him face off with Claw, Mephisto and Namor along with an image of Storm in her X-Men gear which I thought was cool to open up comic number Mm 3 and uh, T'Challa translates we learned that T'Challa translates to "He who put the knife where it belongs," <laughs> and I was like, "That is fucking pimp." Yeah, no, that is cool as, as fuck. fuck. And as I wonder—I don't know this—I don't know the history of Black Panther nearly well enough to know this, but I don't know if that's ever been said. No, I want—I want to know if Tanasi Coates came up with T'Challa means the one who put the knife where it belongs. Maybe, yeah. I'll have to look into that more because I I really fucking like it. Yeah. And no, now watching Black Panther, every time someone says T'Challa, I'll just think
1: he's <laughs> the one who put the knife he's, where it belongs. Yeah,
0: right. Nyami explains to Nakia how she believes that their T'Challa is the T'Challa of legend. Despite T'Challa being the most common name in the galaxy,
1: we learn. <laughs> Right, was, I was like, huh. Then you throw that, you're just like, huh. So it's just basically a bunch of T'Challa prototypes, and yeah, then it's, you're it's just basically like, it's basically which, John. In which one's gonna be the the revolutionary who saves the world?
0: Yeah, it's basically it's basically the Muhammad of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean yeah. essentially, the Luke. Yeah, the, yeah the, uh, John. John, <laughs> 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 fucking uh, Jacob. I don't know. Jacob. <laughs>
0: John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. You know. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I do know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she only tells Nakia that she thinks their T'Challa is the T'Challa of legend because she doesn't want to give false hope if he is not the T'Challa to the Maroons. Mm-hmm. But if he is the T'Challa, she doesn't want an Injotica coming after him. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I dig her logic here. It's mm-hmm. like, I got to tell someone I trust, no one else. After this, Nakia and T'Challa discuss the plan to get T'Challa's memories back. And this is where the Imkron shard is briefly uh mentioned, but we don't get a full explanation. Mm-hmm. The only uh the only thing we got is maybe they can help T'Challa get his memories back. Yeah. We don't know exactly how, we just know that potentially that's where this is headed. Mhm. And uh But before they really get the chance to discuss, the uh, the Empire runs an ambush and it's a massive ambush to the point where is like, Why the fuck are they sending all of this at us?
1: Oh yeah. Right before that, though, like I think the my favorite panel. Um, Ooh yeah, talk the, about uh, the the part where he was like, uh, "Do you know? Do you do you understand what I'm saying? The your memories are knowledge, and the empire doesn't destroy knowledge." And then that was, was like, a fucking good one. Like they plunder it. They and plunder like, it. There you go. When you, when I'm you pretty know. sure he <laughs> makes
0: mention of plundering knowledge in oh, between the world. and me, plunder
1: is the huge. That's, that's the that's like the number one concept that like. Tanahasi coach put me onto. i was like no i just gotta use that word all the time i, I have to <laughs> say plunder but like but because like i'm just like that's like the perfect word like i don't it's know. exactly it's exact
0: there's not a lot of words that equate to it mm-hmm. you know there's there's no exact synonym for plunder it's mm-hmm. not like there's something intense about it it's like it's more than just taking away right it's taking away destroying and yeah and erasing exactly
1: like yeah. It's all those things, uh-huh. so
0: it can't just be one other word. It is plundering. Yeah,
1: right. It's just and it's, it just stood out to me because like you don't you wouldn't see that word in a comic book much.
0: True. Yeah. And uh, as Mbaku accepts that his fate here is dying, <laughs> as the empire is making their ambush, King Mule Dowd for the win <laughs> comes in, blows some shit up, and he's like, "I protect King Mule Dowd. Protect hey, Mbaku." <laughs> I appreciate that he's also kept the name King Mule Dowd. Yeah, even yep. even though he is a part of the Maroons now, yep, his name right. is just King Mule Dowd. Right. <laughs> the Empire cuts the power in the uh, facility, and in the darkness, we first encou- encounter manifold. Manifold. What the manifold is, we are yet to learn, and really? I guess we'll find out next week.
1: Yeah, next. Wait. So is that? Are they just on four right now?
0: Uh. No, I've read this
1: whole comic book series. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Yeah, they, there's like nineteen issues. I wanna take it like three at a time. Okay. I kinda and three. there's separate books too. So like the first six are like its own thing, and then there's a kind of continuation for the next six. Maybe it's eighteen, not nineteen, I might be well, okay. What
1: they move ahead in time after the first six? A little bit. Not by much, but like a little bit. Yeah. It's
0: kind of like the space and time between, I know I've referenced it several times throughout this podcast, but the space and time between Star Wars movies typically.
1: Oh, okay. It's like, so that
0: kind of the two year gap that he took at the beginning Mm -hmm. between the issue one and two, that's kind of the vibe
1: you get. Okay. I see.
0: Yeah. But I really, I really enjoy this comic book and I'm looking forward to you reading more of it too, because I've already read, I've already read it and that's why I know it's fucking phenomenal. And that's Mm -hmm. why I knew I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited to see you. It's pretty. Yeah. I like I definitely like it so far. It's uh... yeah. It, and it eventually gets even like bigger. It's like there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more uh, like mother past becomes a very big part of the story of their religion and mm-hmm. stuff. So that, that becomes a very big part to play, but I'm looking forward to talking about it week after week here.
1: Me too. Me too.
0: Shall be fun. Uh, you got anything to say for the sign off here?
1: Nah, you know, be, be, be great.
0: It's a pleasure to be back.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. You know, Penny Bloom returns. We, we, we have made our um, long-awaited, I'm sure, by so many of you. Oh, man. You All know? five of you. You're maybe. just wondering where our voices were. They're, they're right hey, here. Hey, they're right but here. I
0: checked it out this morning. We've been getting downloads. Really? Since our last episode was put out. Yeah, I mean, not a ton, but mm-hmm. uh, more than I would have expected for not having put an episode out in four months. Wild. That's, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and especially June. We had a particularly good month in June.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was Bones like, some okay, some traction.
0: I, I I was like, all right, cool with that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so uh, thank you for joining us. I am Colton Robertson. That's Tavares Pennington.
1: That's that's me. That's you. That's, cutie. that's Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we'll uh, we'll be back. You know, peace, love, and bloom. Praise John John Wick, Keanu Reeves. John Wick, and John Wick and Dolores, or John Wick and Tori Lanes. And Tori Lanes. Think about it. <laughs>